Good morning, church. Let's open our Bibles, please, to Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now flip to Ephesians 5, 17 through 21. Ephesians 5, 17 through 21. These are very familiar verses with us. It's good to read them and we'll talk about them. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for the th all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. You know, in the church we use these verses. When someone asks us about, why don't you all use instrumental music? These are kind of our go-to verses, and rightfully so. God has commanded us how we should worship in song. These go-to verses, but there are also many songs that teach us to sing uh, and teach ourselves, first of all, but we're going to teach one another and admonish one another in song. We sing lots of songs, like just now we sing two praise songs. But there are also songs that, instructive songs, that we sing and help not only us as we sing it, but others in the, in the congregation as we sing them. I'm going to share with you a story about a song this morning and how it would apply to our lives. During the late 1800s, this is on the shores of Lake Erie, one of our great lakes, west of Cleveland, Ohio. There was a special harbor built for ships to obtain, to obtain, uh, to obtain relief from the storms that would quickly blow up on those lakes. Uh, once they uh, got into these harbors, they were safe from the treacherous winds. And in the calm waters, they could ride it out and wait for the winds to die before they continued on their journey. At the entrance to these harbors is kind of a curved thing. Well, they had the lights along where the, where the curve was to show how to get into the harbor, show the ships where, where to enter. And at the end of the harbor, toward the, toward the city, there was a huge, large beacon light. Beacon. Y'all have all seen them. Beacons, and they turn, and you can and see the beacons. Uh, that, that was the center point or the guide for the ships as they would come in. They would go through, the, they'd locate the harbor with the lower lights, and the, the pilot would navigate his ship right through the center of that channel and, and, and focus his, the point of that ship on that beacon. The lighthouse keeper was living in the area, sometimes in the, in the, in the, in the in that lighthouse. 
He was responsible for keeping that beacon burning, keeping that light on. But he was also responsible for a, the, the row of smaller oil lanterns. They used oil back then on the shoreline to keep and guide the ships into the channel toward the harbor uh, in that uh, safe haven that they await out the storm. With each nearing storm, the lighthousemen would go down and light those, those lower lights on the, on the edge of the, of the channel. Uh, and despite this great beacon that was always shining, without these lower lights, they had no point, no way to get into that channel to get into the safe harbor. One particular evening, the lighthouse keeper, he did not light these oil lanterns. Uh, well, during the night, a violent storm blew up. And amidst these turbulent waves and the howling winds, the ship's captain was out on Lake Erie, and he grew very tense because of the storm. And his pilot, the old pilot, he gripped that helm. You can picture this, this pilot on this helm, very anxious as he peered into the darkness. And the captain said, are you sure this is Cleveland Harbor? And the pilot said, quite sure, sir. And the captain said, well, where are the, 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 the entry lights? Where are these lower lights? The pilot said despairingly, he said, they are out, sir. They're not shining. Well, there was one final question that needed to be asked. The captain kind of hesitated and said, well, can we make it? The old pilot looked at him and said, we must or we're going to perish. So determinately, he had the helm in his hand. This pilot was doing his best. He could see the beacon light. And all of a sudden, he just had to make his best guess, and he turned that helm. You could just see him. And he grimaced as he heard the crunch. And he ran into the rocks. The ship sank, and many lives were lost because one man did not do his job. At the ensuing investigation and hearing, the lighthouse keeper was asked, he says, why didn't you light the lights? Why didn't you light those lamps? He answered, he said, well, the weather was so bad. He said, I, I didn't want to go out and, and knew it was my job, but I didn't realize that those lights along the shore were so useful. He said, I lit, but the beacon was shining. I didn't realize those shore lights were that useful. He was distraught when he realized that his actions or his inaction had cost many lives. Of course, all the newspapers picked this up. It was a huge story. A young man, Philip P. Bliss, he read with horror the headlines and how one man's negligence had been so deadly. And soon after he read those headlines, Mr. Bliss was in a a meeting, a church meeting, and an evangelist referred to this tragedy in a sermon. And the evangelist closed the sermon by saying, Brethren, the Master will take care of this great lighthouse. Let us keep the lower lights burning. Philip Bliss, 
told afterward. I'm going to quote what he said. He says, when I heard that sermon that night, I cried out in my heart, Bliss, you are just as guilty as the man in the story. As a Christian, you're to be, you are to be one of the lower lights shining brightly so that some poor soul tossed about on the sea of life may find safety and everlasting in the haven that God has prepared, unquote. Within a week of that, Bliss, he wrote a song, Let the Lower Lights Be Shining, or Burning. Let the Lower Lights Be Burning. He tried shining, and then he liked burning better. <clears throat> Brethren, this morning, we are the lower lights that we sing about. Or that we have the responsibility, just as that captain did in the crew and depended upon the lighthouse keeper, people are depending on us. Are we showing responsibility by shining our lives of Christ to the world? Sharing the way of safety with people who are drowning in sin? Do we keep our lights shining so they may find peace in Jesus Christ? Please turn with me to Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. On the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus spoke to his followers and disciples, telling them, You are the light of the earth, but if the, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underneath underfoot by man. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and give it light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I'd like for you this morning reaching, we're going to sing this song in a minute, it's going to be on the, on the screen, but I want you to look at the words. Please get a book out of the, in front of you and turn to page 237 out of the blue book. Page 237. Let the lower lights be burning. Brightly beams our Father's mercy from His lighthouse evermore. You know, God is great and God is merciful. And He's always going to provide that light for our paths. He says He will and He does. And He's faithful. But, look at the verse. But He gives to us the keeping of the lights along the shore. That's our job. Verse 2. Dark the night of sin has settled. Loud the angry billows roar. Eager eyes are watching, longing for the lights along the shore. We don't know who's watching us, but they are. And they're watching our actions. And they're watching for someone that, they, that needs help. And we are the lower lights. We are the ones to provide that help. Trim your feeble lamp, or verse 3. Trim your feeble lamp, my brother. Some poor sailor is tempted to toss, trying now to make the harbor in the darkness may be lost. 
feeble. That's a word we don't use much. Trim your feeble. Feeble means weak or dim or very faint. Those oil lamps, they didn't trim the wick. It wouldn't properly draw the oil and make the bright light like it should be. So you had to keep them trimmed. We must keep our lights trimmed. Let the lower lights, look at the chorus, let the lower lights be burning, send the gleam across the wave. Some poor fainting, struggling seaman, you may rescue and you may save. Trim your feeble lamp, my brother. That's a, a key ver, a key words in that verse. Go to Matthew 7, 1 through 6. For us to trim our lamps, we must rid our lives of anything we have that against God. We must get our hearts right with God. Matthew 7, 1 through 6. Judge not that you may that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with what measure, and with that measure you measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the blank in your own eye? Or how can you uh, how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This passage is often misused uh, to prevent the proper judging that we should do. And it emphasizes the importance of getting our own act together first. We must trim our lives. If we get our lives right with God, and then we're able to help others to know Christ. These thoughts go hand in hand with Wednesday night service that Austin started last week. God lights our path with His love. It's up to us to light the paths of the lost. We are God's lower lights to show others the way to Him. Blake's going to lead us in this song now.